Yes, hello, I am James Rowland, and today it's the WNR 439. It's AW All Out 2022, and I'm not alone. I've the pleasure to be joined by the entire WNR team. Up first, by my side for every WWE and AEW pay per view, it is the fantastic Jack. How's it going? I know you're not doing great because of the card thing, but apart from that, are you happy to be here today? Definitely happy, always happy to kind of come back and review another pay-per-view, and that being AEW. Um, ready and excited to get on with it. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. And our next uh, guest, actually broke your heart, Jaxie, uh, is our resident NXT and New Japan expert. It is Monty. Are you happy with your actions? Yes, yes. I'm not, I have no sympathy, no regrets. These things happen, you know. It, it is what it is. But that's hard. Uh, <laughs> that is harsh. <laughs> what? What do you mean? Monty <laughs> took silence today. <laughs> anyway, sometimes you gotta, you know, you gotta go heal. You gotta go full heal. No one likes, you know, a tweener. Yeah, but you don't want to of the group do you, you know what I'm saying? but again it's an AEW show and I suppose you are happy because of um, like I said you've won the first two events could you get the clean sweep for AEW I think it's a chance I think I have a good chance it was a long show though so we'll see wow was it long yeah we shall see but my last but no fucking means least I quote the great Craig McLaughlin now you got to stick with me because this is a long one. So tell Eugenia what I wanna do. Doom, boom, 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 boom. I build a house next door to you. Ba, 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 ba. And when you come out of the front, bum, 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 bum. Listen to my heart go bumpity bump. Ba, 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 ba. Hey, Gina. Oh, Gina. Hey, Gina. Oh, Gina. i got to say, I fucking nailed that. It is genius, Gina, everybody. How you doing? <laughs> you did nail that. Hey, guys. <laughs> every Every single note was on point. Thank you very much. You know, I am uh, available for bookings if anybody is interested. But um, believe it or not, before we start AEW All Out, uh, we were left with a dynamite. Now, Monty, you and I will know this feeling because we have done updates before where they have taken out the entire <laughs> roster during it. But this dynamite from the 31st <laughs> of August seems like a million years ago. But we will get to it because yeah. uh, Moxley kicked off the show. Uh, he cut Skaven promo on Punk uh, to issue an open challenge for the world title all out. He said uh, he wants her to see him Punk referred to as a modern 60-minute man. What a load of crap turned out to be. I mean, 57 minutes left in me. Uh, he said he curled up in a little boy to a uh, little ball to die, and he folded. Champions never fold. He didn't turn out to be anything we wanted him to be when we welcomed him back. Fragile ego, fragile body, weak mind, weak spirit. <laughs> it's weird, Monty, but how true? Well, Moxley was on the money a week before. <laughs> like wow, like he was, he was on some you know psychic 
psychic levels at this point. <laughs> in hindsight, you know, of course, in hindsight, you know, at, at the time it just seemed like a dig at the first injury, but now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, don't worry, everybody, because Ace still, I'm sure we won't hear from him for the rest of the night. Oh, uh, yeah. A friend of Punk apparently <laughs> retrieved the contract from the ring and tucked it in his pocket. Uh, we then saw Brian Danielson beat Jake Hager. Morrissey took out the wingman and Stokely halfway off of his car. And Morrissey, I saw an impact, and he's done something really nice with his hair. I don't know what he has. He's added like a little bit more to it. You know, really, really good. Um, Sheeda and Storm beat Baker and Hate with Britt pinning, uh, being pinned by Sheeda. It's Gallagher revealed that Kip Sabian will challenge Pack for the All Atlantic Championship. Then we had the CM Punk promo, the Colt Cabana chant. We didn't know this would start things. Um, Punk turned to the fan that started it. And Screws in his foot is more than that. Fat fan in his life. Be a star, punk. Be a star. Uh, and then Ace still interrupted it and said, you're going to get up to fight. You're going to sign this contract and get a fucking fight, John Moxley. And I thought, did he just say fuck? And he actually did indeed. Uh, and Punk went into the crowd and the eyes of Punk uh, was something special there. Uh, and then we got a brief, brief pre-tape promo between Jungle Boy and Christian Cage. Yuta defeated Roosh, Phoenix, and Martin. So the AW Trio's title tournament Dynamite Final. The Elite beat Will Ospreay in Aussie Open. Uh, Will watching Kenny Omega celebrate um, as he was sitting watching there on the rampway. was very reminiscent of John Cena against The Rock. Jaxie, what did you think of the Elite beating Will Ospreay in Aussie Open? Because this was a great match. It really was a great match. Um, I think both teams just absolutely killed it. You could just see a lot of chemistry, especially between Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega um, from their Japan days. Uh, it was, do you know what? I, I found myself rooting for um, Will Ospreay and his group, United Empire, to to win, you know. Um, I really wouldn't have minded seeing them kind of turn up at All Out. But I can't say that I was disappointed with seeing the Young Bucks and Kenny pick up the win. I mean, we we kind of, or knew that this return was supposed to be something, obviously this is in hindsight, but was meant to be something big. So we kind of presumed that they would be in the finals as well, you know? Mm, yeah, I think without a doubt. But again, it was great to see the interaction between Will uh, and Omega and hopefully get something more down the line. Our first bit of news, uh, Carla Riley is out due to neck fusion surgery. But anybody wants to see the Undisputed Elite, don't worry because they have released... Bobby Fish now. We're going to have more Bobby Fish's comments in a bit. Then also rumours of Malachi Black asking for his release. We now know it's true. And uh, the non-compete is six months. So, you know, people have got WWE. And also Miro um, may be looking to leave, depending on what they want to do. And then Tony Khan, of course, burying Thunder Rosa and saying, of course, you give CM Punk uh, more time because Rosa wouldn't get the ratings in. Uh, Gina, I mean, it's a, it's a twattish thing for Tony Khan to say there. And will we actually miss Carla Riley or Bobby Fish? Or even, I mean, I, I think Malachi Black's the biggest of that list there. I mean, yeah, for sure. Uh, Malachi Black is just such an, an individual that I'm going to be gutted to lose from AEW. He was just sort of beginning in my eyes to get the House of Black into the position that he probably would have wanted them to. And especially with these trio tag belts, um, I think it was prime time. And if you ask me, they should have actually won the tournament. Um, 
But it's it's just sad. It's just sad that we're not going to have him back. But I wish him all the best, like for where he moves on to next, you know. And mm. um, it's the same with with Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. You know, I, I was so excited to get the Elite versus the Undisputed Era sort of storyline. So the fact that we probably won't get that now, especially with Bobby Fish's release, um, yeah, I'm, I'm super gutted. But again, wish them all the best on on what they they all sort of move on to next. And I hope Kyle. Um, heals up quickly so that we can get him back because I love Kyle um, and yeah with the, with regards to the Thunder Rosa thing I mean those comments were just tasteless as always from Tony I just don't understand how he thought that statement would have helped his argument in any way or, or better the argument let's say um, he just needs to think better he needs to think before he speaks that's literally what he needs to learn yeah, I think without doubt, you know, we were seeing it more and more. Then we had Rampage, September the 2nd, semi-final trios tournament. Paige, Johnny Hungy and Reynolds beat best friends, uh, OC and Trent Chucky. Uh, I'm sure uh, Blake Christian is happy. He signed an AEW Ring of Honor contract as uh, Phoenix beat him in seconds. Soho Nortes beat Tay and Sammy in non-title action. And in the main event, Ricky Starks beat QT. But hey, at least Ricky got 10 minutes, you know. And I don't think we would stand a chance of catching Gina if Ricky came to the crowd to brawl with a wrestler, if we were there, Jaxie. I think that's us done. We just, you know, go with the memory of who we knew Gina as and she'd start a new life with Ricky, I suppose. You know, like... I know. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. <laughs> I do worry for a card in October, there's no doubt. Still, uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens there. So let's get on to it then. All out September 4th, and we start with zero hour because who doesn't want four matches on the pre show? We start with the AAA mixed <laughs> tag titles uh, Soho and Ortiz versus Guevara and Mella. And the faces uh, chase the hills around with a golf cart to start the show. And of course, Sammy, it wouldn't be an AW paper if Sammy Guevara didn't get hit with. Uh, I suppose. And the bout was wild and featured some big risks, big risks, even incident reaction and a few close calls. Mel was able to get the win with the Tay KO, but I mean, you know, yes, she hit the move, but unfortunately she did look like breaking uh, Soho's nose with that. She was immediately holding her nose uh, as she was getting pinned. Um, th- this was rough to start. Monty, what were your thoughts on this to begin with? <clears throat> yeah, you know, I like the way it started. You know, uh, like you said, when Sammy ran over, and it had fun moments. But you know, besides the before the we get to the finish, the other the other little ugly spot spot that kind of was trending on this long line with him kind of dropping Ruby didn't really set the best tone. And like you said, that finish just kind of took the wind even out of the, the crowd was into it. But then when they when we got there, you could just see it kind of just sucked the air out of it. And, uh, you know, it's the opposite of which I, of what I believe a pre-show match is supposed to do. Like, that, they, it ended up accomplishing the opposite of that, really, in my opinion, starting things off. And I know these things happen, but it's just not the best way to kick uh, a big show or, like, your biggest show off, in my opinion, at all. I gave it three and a quarter overall. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I, tough start to the show. Yeah, I mean, give us three and a half. I mean, AEW's not working for Ruby, or so it seems at the moment. And Sammy Guevara seems to be treading water because he's like, get a TNT title run, but then just go back in the exact same position as, like, Chris Jericho's boy, so to speak. Um, Jackson, what do you think of this? What your score out of five? 
Yeah, I kind of agree with uh, both of your comments here. Uh, <clears throat> that that ending definitely kind of soiled any sort of momentum the, the match sort of had prior to this. Um, again, I did question as to why we're getting this at, like for a third time, uh, third uh, like this match for a third time. I didn't really feel it was necessary. Um, obviously, now um, this has happened to Ruby, I, I guess she's going to be injured for a while as well. It's kind of looking like a WWE curse at the moment, isn't it? If you're ex-WWE and you come into AEW, you're either off injured instantly or you kind of get forgotten about and faded after, you know, your your hot sort of entrance into into the show. So it is quite worrying at, at seeing all of these sort of superstars kind of either be unhappy or getting injured on a regular basis. Um, and I hope that Ruby has a speedy recovery, but this match overall kind of didn't really do much for me. Um, so I just gave it a three. Yeah. Uh, Gina, what about you? What do you score out of five? Um, I'm just going to echo my sister's viewpoints and just give it a three or two. Yeah. Well, Paul was a Hills got 60% of the vote predictions. Well, after Clash uh, and Wells collide to prediction leagues, uh, bonus league, Gina Jackson on six, Monty on seven, I'm on 11, W pay-per-view league, Gina and James on four, Jackson on five, Monty on six. The AEW prediction leagues, though, Monty has not yet scored. He's on zero, Gina on one, Jackson two, I am on three. And prediction for this, we all went hills apart from Jackson. So all at one point, Jaxie is on zero. On to the FTW title, Hook versus Cool Hands Ange. Uh, Daddy Magic distracted the ref, so Parker could punch Hook in the eye to get an unfair advantage. After Ange got a decent amount of offence, Hook was able to recover and lock in a red rum for the submission win. Daddy Magic attached him, but action Bronson saved Hook from being double-teamed. For a second, and I don't know about you, Jaxie, I thought Bray Wyatt had put on a shitload of weight. Uh, what did you think of this match? <laughs> I, know, I swear I saw someone else say that on Twitter as well. I'm a fan of Action Bronson, so I always knew what he looked like. So it didn't really, um, it didn't really come across that way for me. But I can see why some people may say that who who maybe have never seen Action Bronson before. Um, when I saw him in the crowd, I kind of got I got really excited. Um, but I also knew that, that there was he was definitely going to get himself involved at some point. Um, it was kind of nice to to see Hook, you know, have to do a lot more sort of wrestling and kind of think tactically, especially with having a, um, I've forgotten his name, the square headed one on the outside. Um, Daddy, Daddy Magic. Oh yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I always forget his name. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, we already we already knew that Hook was going to kind of have some form of struggle, but I did still think that this was a decent match, uh, like kind of leaning towards the end. Um, did I feel like there really needed to be a point where Action Bronson needed to get involved? There didn't really need to be, but then again, you know, this is something that Tony does love to do. He loves to make, have like a save be done. Um, and knowing Action Bronson after seeing a lot of these, uh, you know, different music stars sort of have their moment to shine in the wrestling ring, you probably can't deny that he has probably been itching to get in the ring himself. Um, I have no doubt that he'll probably perform um, live, uh, like Hook's theme uh, live at some point, uh, which will be probably really lit. So this is probably just kind of helping to sort of build towards that. But uh, 
yeah, it was a decent match. I gave it a three and a half because it did what it needed to do. It wasn't like, you know, there was a lot of really on the line. We kind of all knew which way this was going to go. Yeah, I mean, luckily this was over quickly. And I think Hook needs some real competition. Uh, Gina, what have you scored out of five? I mean, I enjoyed it, so I gave it a four. Um, obviously, I would like to see Hook like continue to sort of build his way up because, again, I know that he's kind of building his way up. It's not exactly like he can get into a match with John Moxley, and we realistically think that he can get there at the moment. He's still building. So for me, I thought it was still a good match for for you know the the type of people that Hook has been wrestling so far. And like Chris said, um, Jaxie said, she felt like. He had to work more and harder to get this win in this match, especially with the outside distraction being cast. So, yeah, I gave it a four. Monty, what about you? Yeah, I wasn't really invested in this one, really going into it. And uh, I don't necessarily think it was the most exciting stuff, but I agree with everything you guys said. And Hook wrapped this up quickly. So, I, I you know, I can't complain too much. Uh, I ended up giving it three stars. Yeah, I gave it three as well. Uh, Paul Wise hook with eighty-three percent predictions. We all went hook, so we are all on two. Jack season one, and then we had um, Kip Sabian versus Pack for the All Atlantic Title up next. And this was the first match for Kip for five hundred and twenty-two days. Yes, he has been that man with a box on his head, but he seemed fired up, ready to remind the crowd of who he was. And the two half-lives put each other's aerial skills to the test. There's also actually some good uh, technical exchanges. And do you know what? I actually thought Kip might have been uh, the bigger fan favourite at some point. Holding the crowd. Didn't help in the match, though, as the bastard scored the win with a black arrow finish. And then Kip shouted at his box to end things. Uh, Gina, what do you think of this? Sorry, which one was this? This is Kip versus Pack. Uh, yeah, no, this one was a good match. They both went hard. We know that they've had matches in the past as well where, where some fans wouldn't know that. So it was really exciting to see. And I'm always a fan of Pack, so any match he's in, I'm just always excited by. So I thought it was good. Um, I, I don't know if I don't know if they're going to continue the story between Pack and, and um, Kip, but if they do, I, I look forward to seeing how they both grow and make their next match even better or something like that. So I, I thought it was good and I, I gave that a four as well. I'll give it a four. Monty, what about you? Yeah, it, it got off to a good start, you know, and I, it, it was a very long time for Kip, so it was really good to see him uh, uh, pretty much until the box started talking to him. So, in my opinion, uh, it was weird booking too, as far as like Kip. He hasn't been in a, in a match, like you said, pretty much in two years, and now he has to face a fairly new champion. So it was not really that believable for me that Kip had a chance to win uh, this match, but uh, in, especially in his first match back. But I thought it was okay, and, you know, it kind of dragged for me a little bit. But uh, the box stuff, I, like I said, I don't really get behind. Uh, and honestly, bringing Orange Cassie out after it kind of made it feel like a waste of time uh, a little bit so maybe it's already over so i don't know but i gave it three and a half stars it still was a, a okay match i didn't mind yeah jackson what did you score that out of five yeah i gave that a three and a half as well both had bad points so yeah i got 3.95 because it's nice to see two brits fighting for a championship in AEW. and like i said monty cassidy came out 
Pat called him a joke and get back of the line. Uh, poll wise, Pat got 61% of that. We all went pack for predictions. So all on three, apart from Jaxi on two. And the final zero hour match was Tamiria Ishii versus Eddie Kingston. They started off with a basic lockup for testing each other some chest chops. Both men had red chest within minutes, but they never let up. Uh, we got almost 20 minutes of them beating the shit out of each other. Uh, all the stiff strikes, if you can ask for. But Kingston picked up the win, uh, but both men were left battered and bruised. Uh, Monty, what do you think of this? Oh, man, I, I came into this expecting uh, to see kind of like a, a clash, a strong style clash. And uh, like, if you don't know, Eddie Kingston is a very big fan of Japanese wrestling. I think he's pretty much made it ob- uh, obvious at this point. And uh, so, you know, they've done this before at Capital Collision. So to me, it kind of felt like a, a continuation of that war. So uh, I just kind of just sat back and enjoyed it. It felt like two warriors just standing there and trading. So I just thought it was good shit. Uh, it woke the crowd up to me because, again, I feel like that's the biggest part of these pre-shows. They're here to get the crowd energized for what's coming on the main card. And uh, unlike the other pre-show matches, so I really like this. I thought this actually did his job in this slot, and I gave it four star. Yeah, the thing is, is that Ishii wrestles one style, so don't expect variation. But exactly. the style works, it's very good. You know, that's the thing. And I don't know about you, Gina, but I thought it was so weird seeing Eddie with hair. I wonder what was on his head to begin with. And then I thought, oh, hang on a minute. No, he's actually throwing it out. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, definitely a different look for him, but I still think it looked good. And I enjoyed the match just as much as well. So um, I I think, like, I got more used to seeing, like, Ishii and the way he fights during the G1. So for me, I did feel a bit more familiar with him this time around watching this match. Um, so I definitely enjoyed it, gave it a four as well. Give it a four. Jaxie, what about you? Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed this match. The slaps went hard on both men. Like, I was starting to actually feel that pain on my own chest. Um, they both really went 100% in. You could really tell that, uh, like um, Monty said, uh, Eddie was sort of in his element. He loves Japanese wrestling. Um and he's a huge fan of it, so he has a lot of respect for it as well. Both men went hard, so I gave it a four and a quarter. Yeah, I gave it a four and a quarter as well. I thought it was a really, really good end to end zero hour. Um, poll wise, Eddie got 86%. Predictions all went Eddie. So the perfect score for three of us on zero hour. Shame it doesn't actually count for anything. Uh, Jack's on three right now. And then the main show, and we started with a casino ladder match. Uh, Ray Phoenix and Willie Utah were the first two competitors in the ring. For the match, Morkapet joined over time, but the match could only end when someone retrieves the big poker chip above the ring. Roosh was the first star, and he was soon joined by Andrade. They worked together, ladders up in various ways around the ring. Roosh even see winning to let Ilo, though, try and win first. Yuta was powerbombed off the ladder into another one, which looked sickening. So much so that when Claudio came out next, he checked on Uta before even getting into the rings. He then played Picking Up the Ladders, which we know is a very good game. We usually do it with cards, as Claudio can do it with ladders. Dante Martin joined the fray and almost won by jumping onto the ladder with a springboard. Pan- Penta came into the match like a ball of fire, with sick destroyed by Penta and Andrade on the ladder. And then Phoenix just randomly diving through the top onto a table through Roosh. Just let them have a tag match. Come on. Anyway, 
this is when it got all shit. Because Stokely halfway came out with his new stable, took down a chip after attacking everyone. The Joker yet to be revealed. The masked man came out to the Rolling Stones, sympathy to the devil. Stokely handed him a chip to a silent reaction from the confused crowd. He teased taking the mask off and then just walked away about telling us who he is. And it was a really weird way to end what um, what would have been an exciting match. The crowd seemed totally deflated by that. Uh, Jackson, what do you think of this? This was weird as fuck. Yeah, um, I think if they were going to kind of go ahead and sort of have this type of ending, maybe they should have, like, had this, like, second or third rather than starting first because, like, you kind of left a lot of the crowd as well as the audience watching from home just kind of baffled. So, you know, a lot of, you know, the reaction was more like, what the fuck? Or, okay, uh, when when are we going to get this reveal and stuff like that? So a lot of people were just kind of confused by the ending rather than actually being like, reflecting on all the carnage that took place, you know, just before. Like, no one was really thinking about, like, the the brutalness of uh, what just went down because everyone was so baffled by the end. So you were just, like, trying to figure out what it was. I mean, personally, I knew my instincts were right. Um, But, yeah, this was certainly a, a very strange way to start out all out. Yeah, I mean, it took too long for things to happen as well. And did you actually know who the Joker was? When when he came yeah. out, did you think, "Oh right, I've got, I've got that right"? Yeah, I did, but I feel like I only kind of felt strongly about my my choice as as my choice had originally been the Joker. Um, I felt strongly about it when he teased taking the mask off and then deciding not to, because only a prick like MJF would do something like that. Yeah, that's true. What would you score the match out of five? I mean, like it wasn't, it wasn't bad, and the men like actually like went hard in this match. So you can't say that it wasn't a decent match up until a certain point, you know. So for that, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and give it a four and a quarter. I enjoyed it. Monty, what do you think of the new retribution in, in AEW? <laughs> yeah, man, I, I wasn't really, <laughs> I wasn't really into this, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, the match is like your typical non-stop high spot ladder match that I'm kind of used to at this point in wrestling. So I can't, I'm not necessarily mad at any of the work the guys were putting in before that. And, uh, and you, but like, I do think you can tell that they were just trying to do something, get their shit in before the finish (laughs) happened. And they kind of, you know, I thought Claudio definitely shined. Like you mentioned, he was just, he was just doing what he do, but that shouldn't shock no one at this point, if you know how good he is. And, it just felt like a bunch of moves back to back that didn't really mean a whole, whole lot. And then once the finish happened, it made the spots even more pointless. So, you know, I I will give them the props to me, though, that I've never seen a ladder match in like that. But it, that ain't necessarily the, a good ending either. So, I, I, I you know, and it, like you mentioned, it was obvious that it was like the way he walked. and everything, I was like, yeah, no, MJL. It was him. So three. I gave it three and a half stars, though. Uh, Gina, what did you score out of five? And did you know it was MJF? Yeah, I also knew it was MJF. Um, especially when um, he just started walking down, just because I feel like he had a similar build. And I was just like, yeah, I can't imagine them bringing anybody new in, especially because uh, they had announced recently, what's his name, W. Morrissey, or mm. whatever his name is in it. 
Nice um, name, and because I he was say. part of this faction, <laughs> definitely, uh, because he was part of this faction, I was like, they can't be introducing another new person. Um, so I knew it was MJF, but I thought it was a decent match. They kind of, you know, all tried to give give it their all. We all knew it was going to go to whoever the Joker was going to be anyway. So I just gave it a four again as well. Well, you say that. Uh, <laughs> poll wise, six five percent for the Joker predictions. Uh, well, there was a bonus point to be given out to Jaxie and Gene, who said the Joker would be MJF. But Jaxie, your prediction actually said MJF or Andrade. But I'm going to predict MJF as the winner of this match, just to make things a little bit more exciting on here. All right. But next time, please. Well, I mean, if you if you do go back and listen to it, I did say. Andrade if the Joker is not MJF. Yeah, but you can't have two choices, really. <laughs> oh, yeah, you let me have it on the podcast before. Don't yeah. go back on your word now. Don't go back on your word now. I'm just saying. I already I'm... love that in. <laughs> saying for... That's just... what I got wrote down now, so just well, saying. I'm just saying, if I listen at the Clash, like, I think Magtar's going to win. But also Roman could. I'll, you know what I'm saying? Hey, I'm just... listen, that's not fair. I was making a wild choice just to get a double point for the Joker if I was right. And if it wasn't the Joker, then I was going with Andrade. That's like, that's fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> so, special circumstances. So at the moment, like we said, uh, predictions for that. Jackson got it. Regina went Andrade. I went for Adam Cole. Uh, Monty went for Claudio, so we're all on four uh, at this moment in time. But a bonus point for Jaxie and Gina for guessing MJF, but we'll do that towards the end because we've got the final, the Trios Championship Tournament. The Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, taking on John Silver, Alex Fennels, and Adam Page. With Page and Nick Jackson starting for their teams. Uh, they actually shook hands before tagging in Matt, and Reynolds have a similar exchange of counters and ta- takedowns. Instead of a handshake, Matt slapped Reynolds across the face. Uh, Silver Reynolds stomped a mud hole in Matt while the ref was distracted until Hangman made him stop. Remember later, Omega and Page had their first standoff. They traded some tense words for locking up. Silver quickly tagged himself in to take on uh, over against the cleaner. But later on, we got the tag we everybody wanted with Page and Omega. Uh, Page ended up hitting Silver a buckshot lariat by mistake. And Omega pinned him while Matt held Hangman back. And the Elite became your first true. Champions, uh, champions, uh, but I think the crowd was a bit deflated because again, I think they wanted Dark Order and Hangman to win. Uh, Gina, what do you think of this one? Uh, yeah, I kind of felt like similar with the crowds um, and how they felt. I was a little, it was a good match. Don't get me wrong, I really enjoyed it, but I was a little deflated because I kind of was going with the Dark Order too. Um, I was just kind of like what found myself rooting for their corners, um, in their corner. So, yeah, it was it was disappointing not to get that, but it was a great match. I really enjoyed it, and um, I don't know why I'm giving all fours. I'll say four, four and a half for this one. Four, four and a half there. Um, Jaxie, what do you think of this? Um, yeah, it was really good. I think that John Silver really shined in this match. He had some really good moments, um, you know, just to kind of be um, able to show off a lot of the skill that he has. Um, and even though I didn't go for the Dark Order as my pick, uh, I found myself rooting for them at some point. So, yeah, it was quite a, a fun-filled match, I would say. Um, 
we kind of knew the outcome though. So yeah, it, it did weigh in here too. Um, obviously with a lot of hindsight as well, I'm just going to give it like a, a three and three quarters. Um, it did weigh in here too though. Yeah, I think the story of Omega returning from injury now had no tape or anything like that and he did look good. Silver's near fall and Omega was fantastic as well. It even called back to for Gil. But as you said, Jackson, Tony created the titles for the Elite. So I don't think it was that much surprise. Uh, Monty, it was a good match. It's a shame it didn't mean fuck all 24 hours later. But it was good for the time. Yeah, man. Uh, the story here, like you mentioned, uh, basically, hey, man, trying to preserve both the friendships here. Uh, you know, and I and I get it. It was fine, but it also kind of got annoying at times because the dog order wasn't really fighting dirty. You know, they were just kind of <laughs> returning the intensity, I guess. It's a match at the end of the day because I kind of wanted Hangman to get over it. But at the end of the day, I thought uh, it would, it ended up being great. Like you mentioned, John Silver really shined, had plenty of time to look great. The one-on-one moments between Kenny and uh, Hangman felt like big-time shit. The storytelling towards the end – uh, was pretty dramatic, so, you know, and I thought everybody came out just looking pretty good. So it was like you mentioned, very, very uh, excellent match at the time. I gave it four and a quarter. Yeah, I gave it that four and a half. Uh, really, really good stuff. Poll wise, Dark Order with fifty six percent, but predictions we all went for the Elite, so we're all on five points, leading to the TBS Championship match with Jay Cargill squaring off with Athena after what seems like years. But it's actually only a few months. Uh, Jade is mad. That's why she was green. And she also made a great She-Hulk. I would let her smash me any day of the week. I'll tell you that. But it's not about that because Athena come out and almost won with a finisher within the first minute. But the baddies pulled her out of the ring. Just. I'll give them credit for that because the ref actually stopped his count. But then again, you couldn't have Athena winning. She did come close a few times. But Cargill was able to hit Jaded. For the win to extend her winning streak to 37. And so, Monty, the match we've been waiting for months was over in five minutes. Yeah, uh, and I'm honestly not even that shocked, you know. And the icing on top that kind of made this worse was like the Eclipse not really getting protected. As we know, that finisher is like one of the most protected finishers in women's wrestling. And uh, yeah, I know it happens, it just, but that kind of set a rough tone. And it felt clunky at times. It kind of felt off. But uh, it still ended up being okay, like you mentioned, even though it was over pretty quick. And I did like the pump kick to Athena out of the air. That was kind of cool. But uh, I really don't have much else to say about it. I gave it two and three quarters. But the thing is, the crowd weren't into it, but both tried their best. But if they had some, some time to actual <laughs> wrestle... You know, right. rather than three minutes on Rampage, it actually might help them. You know, like I said, on the house show circuit, whatever you want to call it, um, mm-hmm. Jade moves on and should hit 50 now quite comfortably. But Gina, I just think this is so like anticlimactic, you know? Yeah, it definitely is. But to be honest, I wasn't really expecting any different. So for me, I was just like, yeah. It did its job. It gave us the match that it's just we knew was coming, but they just never wanted to give us. So, again, for me, I wasn't surprised by it. Um, I wasn't disappointed. The match was good, and they both kind of, you know, showed that they they both wanted to truly give in to this match and and show what they got. But again, with the interference, that's always going to kind of be there with these 
baddies. I, I didn't believe that Athena had this one this time. So, yeah, I still thought it was good and I enjoyed it, but I did give it like a three and three quarters. Yeah, Jaxie, what about you out of five? Yeah, I ended up giving this a three. I just felt like uh, one minute it was there and the next minute it was done, you know. Uh, I didn't really feel like either women had time to kind of really put on a decent show. And again, it, in my opinion, this was just another like poor booking on Tony's front on the women's division. Yeah, it wasn't good. I'll give it three and a quarter just because of She-Hulk, really. Uh, Pollwise, Athena with 62% predictions. We all went Cargill, so all on six. We see CM Punk and his daddy still show up for the arena. And then we get Alex Shetty, Chris Saban and Jay Lethal taking on Wardlow, Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler in a trios match uh, with Satman Singh and Son- uh, Sanjay Dutt at ringside. Uh, Lethal tried to circle Wardo a bit, but the big man just stood and moving in the middle of the ring. All six men had a chance to interact with each other at various points. Uh, we saw FTR paired up with the Motor City Machine Guns most of the time. Neither team seemed to dominate for too long, but the Hills definitely had a slight advantage and sing shenanigans at ringside. After a symphony of powerbombs, Wardlow was able to get the pin on Lethal to give his team the win. And then Samoa Joe returned to even the odds for the faces. And then in a quite nice moment, Dax's daughter broke Dutt's pencil and then pinned him. The crowd seemed to love that one. Uh, Jaxie, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, yeah, this this was a good match. Uh, again, over pretty uh, like quickly, this uh, didn't go too long. Uh, there were some real feel-good moments in there, especially the ones like involving Dax's daughter and stuff. But again, I felt like this kind of... Uh, this isn't me bad-mouthing the wrestling, but I just felt like this could have been on a, a Dynamite or a Rampage. It didn't necessarily need to... Or even on Zero Hour or whatever they called the pre-show. Um, it, it it wasn't something that was story-driven. So considering like the the event was long anyway, like this is something that I just didn't actually feel like there was a need to have uh, on the main show. Um, I thought the wrestling was good, but it wasn't storyline driven. So for me, I gave it a three and a half. Um, it was decent, but yeah, uh, unnecessary. No, like you said, it's great to see Motor City Machine Guns to get a moment here. Yeah. The pop FCR was great. But should it have been a pay-per-view? Mm-hmm. This was 18 minutes, not including entrances. Mm-hmm. So that's 25 yeah. minutes of a show. And like you said... Like, that's, that could have gone to like Jaden yeah, yeah, that yeah, could have yeah, gone. Yeah. That time could have gone to Jaden and Athena, and we could have gotten a decent women's match like out of it, and like treated like the TBS Championship like it was worth something. Like none of like the belts uh, that were that were FTR were holding were up for grabs, so it kind of felt like there was there there wasn't really a point for this being on the main main event, you know? Yeah, I mean it was funny. Lama Tony Schiavone saying it, every AW title was on the line. I guess he forgot about Wardlow. But he was in a match, so yeah. really technical. Uh, but like I said, I yeah. completely uh, agree with you there. Monty, what your score with this one? What your thoughts? Because it is good seeing FTR and the Motor City Machine Guns. Yeah, exactly. I did. I, I thought I noted that it was great to see them in the ring, and they, they had great tag team chemistry and moments that made you kind of be like, you know what? If they just gave me Motor City Machine Guns and FTR in a proper feud, this would be, you know, it'd be great. But, and that's no diss to Warlord J. It's just, again, two great teams there. Uh, but I, like I said, I also wrote what a waste of FTR in the machine guns. I mean, it just it ended up being pretty good overall. And uh, but 
like Jackson said, I wrote this down myself. It definitely could have been on Dynamite or Rampage main event or something. This just, it, 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 you know, it ended up being a good match because of the people involved. And I gave it three and three quarters, but it definitely felt like a waste of time. And I forgot some more Joe work there almost, uh, James, and I love some more Joe. So it's good to see him, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't watch Ring of Honor, so I don't know what he's up to there, you know. But <laughs> um, Gina, what about you? What would you score this out of five? Yeah, again, I agree with all of you lots. Um, few points on this match. It was a good match, but I, I kind of feel like they, they could have done it where, like, again, even though I don't want to add more time to the card, they could have done it where it's actually just Jay Lethal versus Wardlow for a TNT title, and then most issues. City Machine Guns versus FTR for the tag belts. Mm-hmm. That would have made more sense for matches to be on this pay-per-view event rather than this kind of standard six-person tag. Um, and that's why I agree with your comments and saying it felt like it should, it could have just been on a main show if, it, if they were going to go with the six-person tag rather than make it t- title matches. Um, again, they all wrestled well and I, I did enjoy seeing them, but it just felt like a pointless match on a long match card. So I did give it a three and a half. Yeah, I gave it three and three quarters at five, uh, just because, of, like I said, the FTR and the Motor City Machine Guns. Uh, polls, uh, they went faces for 70%. Uh, predictions, we all went to face as well, so all on seven points. And up next, former Team Taz teammates, Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, finally met at a pay-per-view to settle their differences. The former FTW champion came out dressed like AJ Styles, crossed with Michael Jackson, but rushed to the ring and went right after Hobbs, only it took the big man a few seconds to hit one who shot to stop him in his tracks. The next few minutes, the 31-year-old powerhouse dominated Starks with heavy hands and big slams. Eventually, he hit a massive spinebuster to get the one, two, three. The crowd seemed surprised by the outcome. It wasn't the first. Uh, the match was... Well, Gina, what were your thoughts on this? The handling of Ricky Starks. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not surprised. I'm not pleased, but I'm not surprised as well because I had a feeling they were going to do this. They were always going to drag out Ricky and Will's sort of feud uh, a lot, and I, I did have a feeling that Will was going to win this one. Again, I still went with Ricky because I'm never not going to choose Ricky in a match. That's just betrayal right there. But um, again, I kind of had a feeling that this was going to happen. That Ricky was going to get buried again. And it's just going to kind of, I don't think it's damaged Ricky in any way because I just think it's going to add to this big pick showdown when Ricky finally does get that win over him. But it did make Will just look like an absolute beast again, to be honest, and just kind of think, oh, crap, well, what's he going to do next? So it was sad to see it happen. And so I'm not going to rate it that high, but that's because I just don't like seeing Ricky get broken like that. I'd rather him do the breaking. So I did give it like three and three quarters. Well, no, the thing is, is I was shocked. Because I'm thinking, Ricky's a star. I mean, he sold his sweet ass off for Will. There's no doubt about that in this match. But only given five minutes. It felt like Edge versus Matt Hardy booking. Of who is who's Ricky Starks wrong in the back? <laughs> like, who's he pissed off to, to kind of get squashed in five minutes? It's still a little bit that way. <laughs> Hopefully, we, we know that this is just long-term storytelling. That's kind of how I want to see it. <laughs> But whether it's actually like that, I doubt it. Yeah, well, it worries me. It does worry me because it's like, again, another weird bit of booking on the card. I wasn't expecting it. I mean, Jaxie, I know you're not as 
hot for Ricky as maybe I am. But still, this was strange. I mean, yeah, I kind of thought that we were going to have one of those um, sort of potential David versus Goliath type matches where we would ha- um, have a decent amount of time with both these men. Um, and Ricky really giving it his all, you know, kind of making us all feel like he could potentially come out as the winner on top. So I was definitely shocked at sort of like the five minutes that we got with them. I didn't think that they were going to go this route. Um, I wonder whether or not this is long, long term story booking. If it is, uh, I wouldn't have done it this way. I would have booked it so that it was a lot of longer of a match and, you know, show how, you know, Ricky had the potential to get there so that we can actually see that progress for when he does eventually uh, rise up. Um, I think it did everything right in terms of looking Will Hobbs look good, though, you know. Um, and if we're going to go on this sort of, like, route of making him look very dominant and stuff, then this is the route forward. So I, I didn't mind this match. I, I kind of knew it was going to go this way. So it did what it needed to do for me. I gave it a three and three quarters. Yeah. Uh, Monty, what about you? Yeah, I predicted Hawk winning, but I still wanted a com- more competitive contest. And, uh, you know, and Taz, and Taz was good on commentary here. It was great to have him there because of his relationship with the two. And, but it just kind of ended, like you mentioned, it ended out of nowhere for me, man. And, you know, Hawk definitely looked like a monster after that, and that's a plus. And they did good with the short time that they had. But, uh, you know, uh I, I definitely was uh, surprised that he went. they went with it in this way. I expected Hobbs to win, but I definitely didn't expect it to be five minutes like that. Uh, and But I do have confidence that Ricky is talented enough. He's great, good enough on the mic. Like one great promo and another match, he probably would be fine. Uh, but I can only get his match three stars, man. It was like five minutes. It, it, again, it was, good, it was fine for that, but it didn't get a chance to actually kick into – any gear because of the time they were given. Uh, we'll see where it goes from here, though. Yeah, well, here's hoping. Like we said, after that, though, it was a little bit shocking. Uh, I'm going to give that three and a quarter uh, out of five predictions. Starks, 55% predictions. Well, me and Gina went Stark, as always. Monty and Jackson went Hobbs. So it means me and Gina on seven, Jackson Monty on eight. And then JR joins the commentary as we see Max Caster and Anthony Bowens of the Acclaimed have a shot at the AEW Tag Titles versus Swerve in our glory. The crowd was cheering for both teams, but the Acclaimed seemed to be a bit over more with the Chicago crowd. Uh, Bowens and Swerve had a quick exchange to get things going for Lee and Caster took over. The Acclaimed had the upper hand after a few minutes, so the champions took a moment to regroup at ringside. Lee facing off for a handshake and started beating Caster up. The crowd began to boo him for the first time since he came into AEW. The crowd seemed to wake up after being a little quiet after the previous match outcome. Bones began selling a knee injury, so Swerve focused on the limb with every move he hit. Billy Gunn tried to help him with ringside, but he could only do so much without getting the claim disqualified. Case began to build up a head of steam after getting a hot tag. Mis- miscommunication led to Lee accidentally hitting Swerve out of the ring. Both teams came close to winning several times. For Slurve and the Glory hit a combo powerbomb and double stomp for the top rope for the win. But, I mean, Monty, the night hadn't been great, but, my God, this was good. Yes, this, this man, after, like, really, had, after, like you said, a, a really let down so far of a show to me for the most part, uh, besides, like, the trios title matches and besides other moments earlier, this match really just picked everything up. The crowd 
was the energy was different for this one with the crowd. Uh, I never really thought I would see Scissor and get as over as it is. <laughs> All the signs came up. Uh, so, like, that was funny. Uh, Keith Lee getting booed was, like, completely bizarre and weird, but still, you know, cool because, I, again, you, I love when I've never seen something before in wrestling. So it was kind of nice to see them kind of switch it up. That, even, like, when Swerve kind of – the team of Swerve kind of switched their roles to kind of match the boos. I thought that was just expertly done. Uh, and like you mentioned, the acclaim just looked amazing, you know. Uh, and after that, I think they're probably closer to being champs than than they ever were. Like, yeah, this is like it's definitely gonna happen sooner than later after a performance like that. And it was easily my match of the night at that point, or at least the candidate. So I, I gave it four and a half stars. I really enjoyed it. It was it was a good time. Yeah, Sizzami Daddy R's chants were class. You know, I'm not saying they were better than a chance we were doing at the Clash, but they were good. The claims have arrived. Like I said, Caster, uh, Caster getting a little shine uh, for himself a little bit. And also, he, he's, big, he's bigger than we think. You know, when he was like, matching up with Lee, he wasn't, you know, losing too much sides. Just given a lot of time. Crowd went mental when Bowen's uh, managed to kick out. The crowd called bullshit after the mic drop didn't get the job done either. It does make me a little bit worried, though. And I don't know what you think, Gina, because... We're swerving a glory. If they do lose the titles, then is it just going to end up a match on pay per view like the previous one, where it's like Keith Lee just being swerving five minutes? Yeah, I mean, I do have this slight worry. Um, I love swerving our glory, and I think that they were too a bit a bit too presumptuous um, earlier when they tried to kind of tease that they were already going to break before they even were a solidified team. So when they put the belts on them. Uh, they've they've had the belts for a few weeks or a month now. So uh, a few weeks. How long have they had the belts now? Like two months. I think the last pay per view. I think they won. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it still feels kind of fresh in a way because they've not really had that many different feuds. Um, in like story feuds for being like the tag champs. Um, so I do feel like if they're gonna lose the acclaims then that will also be the breakup of Swerve in our glory and I I really don't want it to be a very match because I think they're both great I also don't think that they should split up at this point because I still feel like there's not really that much scope or time or space for them both to have like their singles runs at this point there's still a lot of people on the roster who are in that position and so I just don't see where they could squeeze in singularly at the moment so A part of me felt a bit bittersweet watching this match and watching them get booed because I love them and I kind of want them to stay together still at least for for another couple of weeks or maybe months. Um, but that being said, I really love the acclaimed and they, they're clearly coming across so well. I mean, they were heels and then all of a sudden they've kind of just become these baby faces. And again, if people don't watch sort of dark and elevation, they would have they would have seen the build-up of them becoming faces um, just with the feud with the Ass Brothers and then working with them, etc. Um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the match. I I, I really hope that Swerve and Our Glory don't break up soon. But if they do, I hope they do the, both the wrestlers' decency in terms of like letting them have an, a decent feud, at least. Um, in terms of uh, rating this match, I think I gave it like a four and a half because I really enjoyed it. They, there were so many different spots that I can could thought could have thought the match could have ended there. So it was good because it just kept you on your feet. Yeah. So yeah, I four and a half. I think about that, and I think the thing is as well, we've seen so many times with certain acts who get hot in the moment. People 
Well, it's like Rusev Day, and they went, well, we just passed by. And if you strike why the iron's hot, like you said, with a scissor me daddy ass and all this kind of stuff, they have a title win. The pot flat is going to be immense, uh, if even if you know if it does happen anytime soon. So I think that's something that they might have to do. Uh, Jackson, what do you think of this match? Because I think it was the best match of the card so far. Um, yeah, I completely agree with uh, a lot of your comments on this. Um, I don't really have much more to add because you guys have pretty much said everything um, in terms of what I was feeling towards it too. Um, I, I definitely didn't find myself doing either team. I actually just found myself really enjoying myself. This was like the first match that I was just really engrossed in watching and just watching the wrestling Um so for me, I really enjoyed the match. I didn't really feel like neither needed to be booed. I thought they both did a great uh, job, like in terms of exciting the crowd and everything like that. So I gave this a four and a half. Yeah, I gave it a four and three quarters out of five. Really, really good stuff. Polls, uh, Swerve and our glory, 85%. Predictions, we all went for the tag champions. So Gina and I an eight. Monty and Jaxie on nine. And the next match for the AW Women's Championship, Britt Baker versus Jamie Hayter versus Hirika Rashida versus Tony Storm. And Baker and Hayter tried to work together at first to gain an advantage, but that alliance did not allow them to dominate the match the way they had hoped. They tried to take out Shida by dropping her on the stage. The doctors checking on her and helping her to the back, while Hayter and Baker teamed up against Storm in the ring. Shida eventually came back with two kendo sticks and went to work on the two women who took her out. We saw several two counts from everyone in the match. For Baker cost Hater a pin. Storm came back in and took advantage of the problems to a DDT and win the match. And your new AEW Women's Champion, interim it may be, is Tony. Uh, Jackson, what do you think of this? Because I think the match was good in places. Yeah, um, I, I enjoyed this match. I thought that there were... Um quite a few different spots where each woman had a chance to shine. I'm pissed, though. I literally, I had it. I had it, like, literally by the skin of my teeth. Like, it was my, it was going to be my point. And what what happened? I knew this was going to happen. Britt stopped me from picking up that pit, that win. I'm so pissed. I'm actually annoyed. I'm still annoyed by it, to be honest. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of should have saw this coming in terms of uh, Tony picking up the win. Uh, if we had actually gotten the Thunder Rosa Tony uh match. I probably would have gone with Tony to win that. Uh specifically because, you know, they they've kinda had this match previously between Thunder Rosa and Tony. So it felt like she was gonna win. So I should have gone with that. However, just giving me that little bit of a tease that Jamie Hater might have gotten it. I got my hopes up a tiny bit, so I'm a little bit disappointed. Um I really hope we do get a chance to see her as champion because uh Every time I see Jamie here in the ring, I fall in love with her just a little bit more. Um, her style of wrestling and everything. I'm just such a huge fan. Yeah. Um, in terms of in terms of like uh what I'll um score this, I'll score this three three and three quarters because it was a good match. Uh but yeah, the uh, I feel a little bit disappointed uh with my lack of win here. <laughs> yeah, I could tell. Uh Monty, like the crowd picked up when she the came in, but surely the crowd needs to do better than that. Yeah, man. Uh, I know, and again, here we go again. When I, I got to get back on to Tony. Look at the placement of this match right after that. And I don't know if you knew going into it that the tag match would probably be that type of banger. But again, the placement of it is just, it just sucked that it was right after that. 
that match. And and I'm not giving them an out. They still have to be better than what they were because, like you said, this was this was an enjoyable match. It was physical too, and you know I thought Jamie Hayter looked amazing. Honestly, I was really worried about my pick because of how good she looked and uh, in this match. And uh, the finish definitely worked in my favor. And I did not mind it's them setting up the problem. I thought this was the way that, that if you're going to do Britain Hayter, you didn't have to book either one of them as champion right now. You can set up the problems, and you still can get the split you want uh, without needing the belt there at the time. But uh, so, uh, but I, I'm happy that they're still going to be doing. Maybe possibly they're teasing that something's going to happen between them going forward. And uh, yeah, I man, I gave it three and three quarters also because I agree. I thought it was a, a solid, you know, pretty good match. But uh, yeah, man, the crowd could have gave it a little bit more energy than that. But I was happy for Tony picking up the win, becoming champion. No, I'm going to give it that three or three quarters as well. Like I said, it's not Tony Storm getting her moment. I do worry about her total reign because we're never sure, you know, kind of how Tony, <laughs> True. Tony, you know, it's like what a reign she had with that one match on Rampage in six months. You know, it's not really. <laughs> right. It's, yeah. it's, it's insane. I mean, oh, man, be... she killed it with Serena one week and, and like, ah. Oh, now we don't even remember. Do you remember Battle of the Belt 7? What a match. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but anyway, like I said, not, not bad stuff. Tony Storm, 65% of the vote there. Prediction-wise, uh, Monty and myself went Tony Storm. Uh, Jackson went Jamie Hayter. Gina went Britt Baker. So it means Monty is on 10. I joined Jackson on 9. Gina on 8. Uh, and then we get one of those personal rivalries on the card, which was Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage. The two began as mentor and mentee. Of course, Captain Charisma betrayed them. They became bitter enemies. Luchasaurus came out on the stage and attacked Jungle Boy over the fault that the old triple turn, eh? Not <sighs> since Nitro have we seen this as he choked, slammed his former Ooh. partner. On the metal grates next oh, to the ring, he carried Jack Berry towards the ring and powerbombed the timekeeper's table. The 25-year-old said he could still fight, and Christian hit with a spear and a kill switch to score the win in less than in a minute. It's weird to put into words how weird Ugh. of a booking choice this was. Uh, Gina, what the fuck was going on in this one? I mean, I think it makes more sense on what I know now after the event, um, because I know that Christian was injured. Um, so they decided to sort of just make it a quick squash match and, and just keep the feud going, especially with the Luchasaurus doing the majority of the, the work so that Christian could get that win. Um, but at the time, I, I didn't see it coming because I didn't... I, I think some people were saying it, maybe even you guys were saying that Luchasaurus was going to turn and... Uh, again and just be like ah we, i was kidding you jungle boy i seriously have turned and i am on christian's side so i think maybe you guys may have mentioned that happening but i was like nah that's not gonna happen he's already shown he's he's you know loyal to jungle boy so for me when that moment happened i was like what and i was like completely shocked um but then again like i said but as soon as i saw the reasons why they kind of had the match the way they did it it made a lot of sense I also think it was quite brilliant, to be fair. It just helped hype up Jungle Boy a lot more, you know. Everyone was so desperate to see him get that win. And when when his mum slapped Christian as well on his way out, we all thought, oh, yeah, Jungle Boy's got this. He's going to rinse Christian. Um, and so just to not get that ending or that outcome, I thought he's, he's made 
fans even more invested to want to see that and to to want to see Jack Perry get that revenge and get his come up and Christian get his comeuppance. So yeah, I definitely I definitely um enjoyed it and I think that it it was such a long match card, it kind of did what it needed to do and it got it over and done with quickly. So for for me I, I still felt it was great. I will give it like a three and a quarter though, just because it wasn't that long of a match. My thoughts were that Tony lost his fucking mind after watching Clash. That's must my only because the one match that would deliver a, a really feel good feeling would have been Jungle Boy winning, even if you know, like Christian was injured, of rolling Christian yes. up and getting that pin. Just squash Christian, yeah, or something. Yes, or to take like... him, have him out because the thing is, we're gonna have to wait nine months now, and I know that's how Tony usually books like the TBS title feud, but <laughs> we, we can't take nine months of waiting for this. It's like cracks about a dead father means you're a winner in AEW. I just, I can't, I, I can't explain it. Um, Jackson, Jackson, what do you think about this? I mean, this came out of nowhere for me and I don't know how much more, like, I was expecting out of this feud between Christian and Jungle Boy. Obviously, now we know it's going to be prolonged, especially with this turn. I certainly didn't expect this, to be honest. I feel like... I feel like I, sh- I should have cared more about this, like, this change and this turn of Luchasaurus. But the way that Luchasaurus has been consistently booked has always been, like, the lackey. So, like, I... I kind of just like I don't know if I care that much about like him him turning because he's just like he's done this a couple of times he's gone back and forth back and forth it's just kind of like yeah you don't know what you want in life Luchasaurus really like both of them should just drop you really so yeah I don't know if I'm actually supposed to be invested in that sense the only thing I'm actually invested in is actually seeing kind of this this character change and character growth of Jungle Boy I do think that this is what what this storyline is meant to be about is supposed to uh, see, you know, a, a nice change in character for, for Jungle Boy to Jack Perry um, to hopefully see some growth, um, not just within his um, sort of like appearance as Jungle Boy, but maybe into something else. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of the out, the end game outcome of this is. But after the after the betrayal, I I think that I just kind of was a little bit like not deflated, but also kind of like okay, hurry up and squash him then because this is this also kind of feels like it it was a, a wasted match and wasted time on on this long pay per view. You know, if you if they were going to do something like this, that would actually result in in a squash. I don't know. I, I, again, I feel like this didn't really need to be on in all out, um, but. Obviously, I think that there was a, a level of importance to this match to for it to warrant to be on All Out. But with the outcome, I was just a little bit like, it really just took up time at this point, you know? Um, so for me, it, it did what it needed to do, but I also was just kind of like, okay, can we move on and actually try and have another decent, like, decently portioned out match? Um, so for me, I just gave it a three and a half. Yeah. Uh, Monty, what about you? I can't believe you guys rated it. Like I thought this wasn't even a match to me. This was like an angle, and I, I, I like I didn't even write a rating. I was so aggravated. It just again, 
I even finding out about Christian's injury, I don't like using Luchasaurus as a plot device. Again, again, you the reason why you didn't care about him turning this time is because he just did it last like just last month. And how the hell is anybody gonna get invested or, or care about anything that he does? And I know like oh you can kind of say that oh well he's he's just right. he's more treacherous or it's a double turn. But again, it's like how can you take anything he do seriously going forward? What you about to say, Jackson? No, I'm just agreeing with what you're saying here. This is what I'm right. talking about. How are we supposed to be, really be invested yeah, like, in, or shocked by this turn when he he turned the other side, you know, a couple of weeks ago? It just kind yeah. of just, it feels like, you know, in two weeks, Tammy's going to be back on Jungle Boy said, saying, oh, yeah, we I, I fooled you again, Christian. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, what what is that to stop him from two weeks from now apologizing and get, like, it, 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 that, like who, who? It wouldn't even be a stretch because of how <laughs> stupid they made him look. And um, you know, and then and like you mentioned, James. So for now, are we expecting Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus feud to hold us over six to nine months until Christian comes back? Like, like really? Like that's the way you decide to leave this? You're better off if you let Christian get squashed or take a quick pin shockingly, and he looks embarrassed, and he goes away, have his surgery, pops up out of nowhere, my Jungle Boy's at his height, it's like TNT champion or something, nine yeah. months down the line, and then Christian takes him out out of nowhere. I just booked something way better than that in five minutes. And this pissed me the hell off. Okay. I'm not giving it any stars. But so there you go. Do you need to get on the creative. Team, please. Zero stars, bro. Instead. <laughs> Well, I just would be funny if Luchasaurus, you know, just every couple of weeks was like, I'm on your side now. No ghosty choke slammers. He's like, ah, I'm just fucking with you. Like, oh, no, it's not me. Oh, I'm going to do it. No, 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 no. Like, you could just Big play Show was so proud. Yeah, you play it out for months, Big you know. <laughs> just like, I choke slammed me last week. I was just fucking with you. We're fine. Uh, no, I go with two. And Even a half. Big Show was offended because it was so quick. Yeah. Like, how you, like you supposed to turn, but not this fast, big guy. And the thing is, as well, the thing I hate about it was the punishment Jungle Boy actually took to his back, and the the, the markings on the terrific for yeah. no reason because no one cared. And that's when some wrestler gets hurt, and there's nothing from that. That is what's wrong. Yeah, man. You know, I just don't. It's like this similar ladder match. It's like they're risking breaking their neck for what? You know, just so they can just hurry up with this guy coming out with a mask. It just didn't make any sense. Um, yeah, it's a shame. Predictions, we all went jungle so it means none of us got a point. So we're still the same uh, with that. Gina on eight, nine, Monty on ten. Heading into our next match, which is Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho. <laughs> I'm laughing because we got the result <laughs> we all wanted. Uh, William Regal joined the competition table. Uh, we got the Lionheart this week instead of the Wizard or the Painmaker, whatever you want to say. Elliot Taylor was there to perform Danielson's entrance music. Was he really singing? I think <laughs> will he? I don't. I, no. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? <laughs> Anyway, we see Jericho slapping America Dragon right across the face, but Danielson did not react aggressively. He kept his cool and took his opponent down in the waist lock. They kept this technical uh, for quite some time by focusing on holes, takedowns, and counters, but also used the occasional chop or kick to soften each other up. The place was slow and methodical at times, but in a bad way. It allowed them to sell each other's move and tell a story about rushing from spot to spot. 
Both men came close to winning with some of their signature moves, but it was the old low blow and the Judas effects. I mean, I don't think I've wrestled as one that many matches with a low blow since maybe like Hollywood Hogan back in NWO glory <laughs> days. With Jericho low blow yeah. and the Judas effect for Jericho to get the win in the longest match of the night. I mean, what did you think of this, Monty? This is, this was for me, a lot of things wrong with AEW. Yeah, you know, and I tried to look at. I was like, you know, especially to go right to the finish real fast. Like, I was like, you know what? Maybe he did that because it was like, I guess that's like a sports entertainment finish. But even from that perspective, I wasn't really like, ah, right, well, whatever. It's not still not the, you know, I still don't didn't want this result because again, Jericho did not need it. And the uh, and uh, you know every time they do this with Jericho winning this deep in these scenarios for no apparent reason that makes any sense, uh, like you said, it's just another thing that's just wrong with AEW right now, booking like that. And uh, Danielson's entrance back to that, I, I almost thought that was old, my old guy from the, the guy from the Trustbusters for a second or something. <laughs> I at first, and then I, I caught on to what was going on. I was like, oh, and then you know what? <laughs> another thing that tripped me out was that. Uh, I always thought that was a woman's voice. I'd never know. Who's Me, too. Me too. Like, who's this I guy? Was, I was like, wait, what? What? Like, what is this? So I was definitely confused by this. So it was unintentionally <laughs> hilarious. But I liked the match. Like you said, it was. It, it felt like a greatest hits match if you know both of their movesets. You know, as far as Danielson and Jericho goes, a lot of classic Jericho, a lot of classic Danielson offense with some technical wrestling in it. But like you said, it just went way too long, and I'm just it, that finish. Was, I'm not really cool with Jericho winning again in these scenarios. Uh, so I gave it four stars because I did think it was a good match, but I do think uh, it went long, and that's it, that's part of the problematic booking that AEW has been uh, showing for a while. Every now and then with this Jericho stuff. I think you're right. Uh, Gina, what did you score this out of five? What do you think of it? Because it wasn't bad. Just fucking long. Take 10 minutes off and give it to uh, St- Ricky Starks. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't bad at all. There's not actually a bad thing I have to say about the actual match itself. But do you know what? If you go back and just listen to all of my viewpoints about Jericho from the beginning of this year up until this point, you will see such a change because I was all pro Jericho. I think he's amazing. I love it. Every time he's on screen, he does something silly that I enjoy. Um, And I've just been loving him. But as time goes on, and he just kind of keeps getting these wins with kind of the same basics, you know, like his his guys getting involved, helping him get the win, or him getting the low blow um, and getting the win. It's just starting to become annoying to me now. And again, we've had a, a Brian Danielson versus Jericho quite a few times now, and he's lost every single time. So to see him lose again this time, I was at a point where I was just like, oh, enough, <laughs> enough of Jericho getting all these wins. Like, like I, again, I get that they're trying to um, build him as that type of annoying person that you you want to see eventually get his comeuppance. But oh, I, I, I'm beginning to have enough. So um, I was I was quite disappointed with the outcome of this match, even though I kind of had a feeling that Jericho was still going to get the win anyway. Um, so, yeah, for me, again, it was a bit of a long match as well for what the outcome was going to be. So I just gave it a three. <laughs> as well, so it wasn't bad. I mean, Brian has lost big matches in AEW, but I think 
The thing is, uh, uh, Jaxie, I, mean, I don't think we've mentioned this. Uh, more so than the match is William Regal and Excalibur. The sexual tension is off the charts. <laughs> when they finally kiss, it's going to be bigger <laughs> than if she got off the plane. Do you know what I mean? It will be. I mean, you could call it that definitely. For there, There's definitely some casual flirtation in there, but there's no harm in that, you know, as long as they're having fun. Um, that, that that doesn't get aired on live TV, though. I'm not sure that uh, the TV, could, the crowd could handle that sort of, uh, sort of controversy, I should say, of uh, of doing that on screen, commentators kissing. Um, I want him to gobble him up. That's what I <laughs> Uh, yeah, Regal's creative too, by the way. I think the match itself was good. There was decent wrestling between both, you know, guys, both veterans, both knowing each other very well and trusting one another with their moves, just kind of giving us good content. I kind of agree with uh, Gina in a sense of, um, you know, I was a little disappointed to see uh, Brian Danielson lose again. I kind of thought, like, you know, considering he has lost to Jericho in the past, this might be a, like he might get sort of the outcome. That being said, um, the finisher is is kind of what this is what Jericho is trying to prove. He's a sports entertainer, so he's using sports entertaining fin- finishers such as this uh, just to pick up cheeky wins. Uh, and I get it, but to an extent, I'm getting sick of it as well. I think it's just used too much. Um, and for for a pay per view level sort of match, especially considering the amount of like shit we've already kind of gone through throughout the rest of the night, like just having this sort of end this type of way as well is yet again another sort of de- depleting depleting sort of feeling to the end of another match on a pay per view event. You know, you kind of want to get like leave some of the audience feeling a bit hyped, you know. And at this point, like. Everything was just kind of getting like sort of like the the downwards treatment. Um, so I mean, when when we're discussing the wrestling, I still think it was a decent match. Um, I can see why they've gone with this sort of storyline. It, it also kind of continues on with the sort of Daniel Garcia storyline, which I can see like they want us really kind of figure that trying to think think about who he's going to sort of pick uh, in the long run and stuff. So that this sort of uh, enhances that a lot further with Jericho picking up the win, so to speak. Um, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. I was excited throughout the match, and then the end kind of just ruined it a little bit for me. So for that, I'm just gonna I'm gonna give it a three and three quarters. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a four. I don't think it was too bad. Like I said, I think the annoying thing was finish because prediction wise or poll wise, 100 percent Danielson. That's the first time in a long time 100 percent. And I bet they were upset. And predictions, we all went Danielson as well. So at the moment, Gina's on eight, Jaxie and I on nine, Monty is on ten. Uh, but it wouldn't be an AEW pay-per-view without a third six-man tag team match. And that's what we got with the House of Black versus Sting, Darby Allen, and Miro. Uh, Black and Miro had a long stare down. Buddy Matthews tagged in quickly, but he ends up on the receiving end of a slam after Miro caught flying through the air. The powerhouse refused to tag, so Allen had to tag himself in. Black came back in, immediately took control and put the risk taker on defence for a long time. All three members of the House of Black took turns beating him, but Allen kept himself in the match, despite the overwhelming odds. Matthews hit Murray with Sting's bat while the ref wasn't looking the other way, so Sting and Allen had to fend for themselves for a little while. The icon spit some mist in Black's face, so up Allen to get the pin 
for his team. And like we said, this might be Black's farewell match. It probably is in AEW. Uh, Jackson, what do you think of this? Because I know you're a huge fan of House of Black. Yeah, uh, I, I was a little bit sort of uh, defeated on this one. Um, obviously, kind of going into this uh, this match, like we heard sort of rumours that hadn't really kind of been confirmed, yes or no, at, at that time. Um, so it was definitely sort of like a. I felt like a little bit defeated seeing seeing them lose. Uh, I I think the main thing I want to say is I really hope that sort of uh, whatever the reason it was for Malachi's decision to kind of want um, his release or sort of you know time off, um, you know like he's healthy and he's kind of putting himself first. So I just want to wish him sort of the best of luck with his health with his future, whatever he sort of like uh, goes into. And I really hope that we do see him in some form of wrestling uh, program, whether it be AEW, WWE, or a more independent um, product. He's he's way too talented to kind of not have in a, within a wrestling company. So I hope he does uh, kind of come back to that. Uh, it was kind of a disappointing, but the match itself was good. Um I just kind of, uh, yeah, I felt like a little bit defeated at this point, uh, losing yet again another brilliant wrestler, um, n- not knowing when we're going to see him again, you know? Mm. Would you score out of five for that one? Um, I'm going to give it a three and a half on that one. Three and a half. Uh, Monty, what did you think of this? Because, again, it was a, at this point, if you're watching it in the UK times, like half four, and you think to yourself, why is there another... F-? After just watching yeah. a half-hour match of, like, why the fuck is there another <laughs> six-man? Like, I love House of Black and... You know, but it's like, what the fuck, man? Uh, this was good, though. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I did not stay up for one sitting this time. I saved this match. <laughs> <laughs> and watched it on, like, replay the next day with clear, clear eyes and all of that because... Uh, watched the last, I think, two matches like that, at least three matches. So I didn't even see Jer- Jericho the night of. So thank goodness. I feel sorry for the people who uh, found a way to sit through all five hours uh, live, but uh, I couldn't do it. Uh, but I-, I just hated that these guys were in this spot. Even, as a matter of fact, all of them, like Sting, Darby, all, like I love them all, but you can't tell me this wasn't filler. Like, this is all, that's all it was. This, you know, uh, all those, we know Sting and Darby matches are always fun. And they and they have fun moments in this in this one. I'm honestly over that formula because they've kind of been doing the same thing linked together for a long time. And you can't tell me uh, Miro don't didn't necessarily deserve better, and you can't say Malachi or House of Black in general didn't deserve better. And I think everyone in this match deserved better than this. And as of late, you can't necessarily tell me Miro or Malachi is in any better position than they were. In WWE, especially towards the end, there like it's almost the exact same thing where they're barely there, and when they are, and it's been inconsistent at, at the at the best at, at at this point. And uh, and it's just a it's just a damn shame because House of Black when they came in, you know that you start off this run like they were gonna be the coolest damn thing possible, and they just kind of slowly but surely, you know, if this is it, uh, it's 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 been fizzling out slowly but surely as we went along here. Uh, but I love Malachi. I wish him the best. Uh, I don't know what's going on. They say personal issues. They say, you know, all types of stuff, too, going on. So we'll see what happens uh, if this is it in AEW. Uh, I, again, 
it's funny to me how I think this guy is like a straight up home run, and now WWE would have dropped the ball, and now AEW would have dropped the ball with Melika. I just don't understand how it seems like the fans get how great he is, but no one can yeah. depict him the proper way, you know. But I gave him three and a quarter. Uh, Gina, what do you score out of five? Yeah, I gave it a three and a half, but again, I was feeling very deflated. I gave my views earlier on Malachi leaving, and I am really, really gutted to lose him. And it, just as Monty said, I don't know what both companies are doing and whether it's something that they're not seeing, but the fans definitely know that Malachi deserves much better. And you can't tell whether he's in a better position at AEW than he was in WWE at this point. So, um, yeah, it did feel deflated, but the match itself was still good. I still enjoyed the spots that we got. You know, we had a bit of comedy in there, but there were still, like, a lot of brutal shots. Um, always enjoyed it. So, yeah, I gave it three and a half. Yeah, that, that, I gave it three and three quarters. Like I said, still the good stuff. Uh, Polewise, House of Black got 76% predictions. Uh, well, Gina, Monty, myself went Miro's team. Jackson went House of Black. So that means Gina and Jackson now on nine. I'm on ten points. Monty in the lead with eleven. As we get to our main event, John Moxley versus CM Punk for the AEW World Title. Was booing Moxley and cheering Punk. Uh, so obviously they played these reactions with Mox acting a little bit more like a heel. Uh, Punk hit a GTS very early in the match, but only got a two count. A few minutes in, the Moxley chance began. And it's just as loud as the punk chance. Uh, punk was busted wide open. His white gear began to show huge red stains. Mox began to take punk apart piece by piece, but the challenger refused to stay down for a pin or tap out submission. Both men tried several different tactics to win. Moxie was the one controlling the pace for the majority. He counted the GTS and hit the Death Rider for a close two count. Punk managed to escape the Bulldog choke and hit the GTS. He picked Mox up to hit another. And covered him to become the new AEW World Champion in front of his hometown crowd. Um, Gina, CM Punk's a champion. I know what was just about happened afterwards. Uh, and there was no sign. The thing that annoyed me about this was no sign of CM Punk selling that foot injury. That was so important in storyline two weeks previously. But what did you think of the main event? I mean, yeah, it was good. It was a good main event. And to be honest, again, none of us were kind of assuming what was going to happen after the main event. So I, I knew this was coming because I expected Punk to win it back eventually, especially because he had just come back from the injury that took him out of being the champ. So, and especially because we were in his hometown, I was like, yeah, Punk's got this. So I'm not surprised. It was a really, really good match, though. Um, it's just that afterwards, it's shocking. It just gave us so much more content than what we possibly got for for their actual storyline on the main show. Mm. So, yeah, I don't really know what to what to we'll we'll discuss that part after the actual match. But the match itself was good, and I'll I'll give it a four stars. Yeah, four stars. But this felt Jaxi like a classic attitude era, even going into the crowd and the kind of blade job that Punk did as well, building towards the end. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't like a Matt classic, but. We knew, like as Gina said, we knew what we were getting. Yeah, um, I knew this was going to be a brawl. I knew blood was going to be involved. Just John Moxley, for goodness' sake, you know. Um, 
it, it was kind of baffling again throughout the whole night. We were, I, I, I felt like we were getting booze at like the wrong time. So I was really confused as to like sort of like what type of crowd was really kind of what they were going for at this point. Um, I'm, am I surprised by the outcome of the match? No. Am I surprised with what came after? Yes, because it literally negates anything that took place uh, on All Out. So it kind of feels like a bit like bittersweet um, to kind of like potentially pick up this win when I feel like it should have just already been like it should have gone the, the the other way around. Should have it shouldn't have, in my honest opinion, have left Hangman Page's hands. Uh, I think we made a huge mistake taking it off of him way too early, and I think he should have kept on to it a lot longer. We wouldn't be in this situation that we are right now. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a bit de- depleting to kind of like discuss this match, knowing like events that happened not even not even twenty four hours after this was like what one like, two hour, hours yeah. after <laughs> yeah, yeah. so. Yeah, it just kind of feels like really defeated even discussing this match because either irrespective as to whether or not the match was good, the outcome after has royally fucked like AEW and they've had to kind of rewrite everything now, you know? So, it's it, yeah, it's a bit disheartening to discuss this match. Um, for for the wrestling in itself and stuff, I'm going to give it a four. Uh I feel like that's the best I can do with that right now. <laughs> you think that's bad? I mean, Monty, for fuck's sake, how do you think MJF feels? Because right afterwards, the masked man comes <laughs> out to reveal that he's, you know, flipping off the crowd, thinking that's going to be the big thing, and then no one was really talking about that at all. <laughs> uh, it must be horrible for MJF yeah. in a weird way. Uh, and again, Striker on the Iron's Hot, we mentioned that earlier. But as to the main event, what would you score out of five as well? Yeah, I agree. I'm giving it a four also. Uh, you know, I wasn't really invested. Or I didn't really care much for this going into it because I just hated how they decided to go about this. Really annoyed me, uh, you know, him, him getting squashed a couple weeks before and then uh, he's always me punk and then he gets pumped up by some random guy who we get told is a friend. Like I hated it. I hated it anyway. So the crowd really made this better than me. Like you mentioned, the attitude era, like atmosphere and uh, I think Moxley and Punk worked them, you know, like masters of the craft. And the limb targeting was great, you know. And uh, Moxley kind of working heel because of the way the crowd, you know, was kind of going at the time, kind of doing a little bit more. I kind of liked it. And I, I give them props, too, because like you mentioned at that time, uh, being so late for the crowd to not be bored or at much at this point. Uh, and, and with that build... <laughs> I give them props. They definitely did a great job with the story in the ring. But again, like I said, for me, I, I, I knew Punk was winning. The story kind of just kind of spawned that for me. So that kind of made this the the process, the story of getting to how he wins the title meaningless for a little bit. And then he only made it even more forgettable and meaningless by opening his mouth in the scrum. So I, I end up with four stars, but... Yeah, man, it's crazy to me how fast this match just kind of disappeared because of what he did afterwards. Like, I don't even know if anybody was talking about this match after the show because of what he did. It makes me laugh that Tony would blame WWE for having, like, two shows on the weekend when his own fucked the event for him a couple hours after. (laughs) Exactly. It's crazy to think that. Uh, We'll do predictions quickly because we're going to get to the final scores here as well. Uh, we all went Punk, 
So it does end. Gina and Jaxie on 10. I'm on 11. Monty on 12. It means, Monty, not only do you win your first AEW show, but you won Finally. all three events at the weekend. So fair play to that, Monty. We've to your great. You, need, you needed a win, and you got it, Monty. You I need it. I need it. But um, look at this, though. Look at my look. Impressive. Impressive. The most controversial AEW pay-per-view ever is the one I win, right? <laughs> <laughs> of course. The one where none of us can explain most of the decisions Tony made is the one that I win. <laughs> well, of course. Well, unpredictability. Of course, right? Unpredictability. Well, the thing is, as well, Monty, is much like me at because it was three events at this weekend, you got all three. I'm going to award you a bonus point for that as well. Um, sp- speaking of bonus points, the course one for Jack, Gina for MJF. So, yes, it means I got fuck all, but at least the rest of the team did well. So, good for them. Uh, so, bonus league, it means uh, Gina and Jack's here on seven. Monty is on eight points. I'm on 11 there. Uh, so, at least I got the lead at that one. W. Gina and James on four, Jackson five, Monty on six, and then the AW Prediction League, Gina and Monty on one, Jackson two, I'm on three. Uh, and what's even crazy is the AW full gear will be the last one. So if, if, if as long as Jackson <laughs> doesn't win, I can win the prediction table. Well, Jackson. Just... <laughs> Damn, nah, I've got it. I've, I've got it this time. I've got this in the bag. I am not letting you pick up this win, James. <laughs> because it is two bonus points for a league win as well um so overall for this one uh we talk about match mvp and rating so monty i'll start with you i want your uh mvp of the night your match of the night and your rating out of 10 please okay so my match was clear i think by by my ratings i went uh acclaimed and uh swerved i thought that was the best match or at least my favorite match of the night. So my MVP, because I felt like the only person who walked out of this who gained something overall was the acclaim, pretty much. I'm so, I, that was pretty much my default thought process. I couldn't think of too much of anybody else who really won coming out of this. Uh, so, yeah, the acclaim's my MVP. And overall, I guess I have to give it about a, a eight. It wasn't, like I said, wasn't necessarily the greatest. Like, it was very bizarre in the way it was booked. Uh, the wrestling was t- was pretty good, or at least about what you expect from AEW. But I, I think we all know that they've done much better than this uh, on pay per view. And uh, the- as a matter of fact, for the standard that they pretty much set for all out for the most part, I don't necessarily know how well this adds up with the rest of them. But uh, yeah, overall, I give it an eight. Uh, see over to you. I want your match tonight, your MVP, and your score out of ten. Um. Yeah, I think it, it was quite hard for me to choose an MVP, to be honest. I think Monty had a, a, a good um, a good choice there. I didn't think like that, to be honest. I, I went with a, a bit of an underdog who I felt like stood out in his match, who I thought did really well. And I went with John Silver as my MVP just because um, I felt like there was like a big uproar. Um, the crowd really kind of enjoyed seeing him just go on that run. Um, and he had quite a good like little streak going for him. So... I put him as my MVP for the match. Um, I put my match of the night, though, as the acclaimed and swerve in their glory because I thought that was a brilliant tag team match. And I thought both teams really excelled and did really well in the match itself. Um, overall, 
I didn't think this was the best of them. I felt like a lot of the sort of outcomes were just like real Tony Khan outcomes that just really just you want to ask why. Uh, so for me, I just gave this seven out of ten. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame, really, you know, like because it had so much potential. Uh, Gina, same three questions to um, your match tonight, MVP, and your rating. Uh, saying match of the night, I'm going to go with the tag match with the acclaimed. Um, in terms of MVP, I don't even think I really have one. I mean, if 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 you want to say I'm going to copy, then I'll just go with what Monty said with the acclaimed, because to be honest, I do think that they're the only ones who came out of All Out with anything of beneficial, um, with anything beneficial to them. I mean, maybe Tony Storm as well, but I wouldn't exactly say that her performance was MVP worthy enough. So um, I didn't originally have an MVP, but if I've got to choose one, then I'll go with the acclaimed yeah, as well for to. that. You have to. Yeah, then, <laughs> then I'll go with the acclaimed. I'm being forced into it. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, no, and for for uh, the rating, um, yeah, again, it wasn't their best one at all. Um, I'll I'll give them a six and a half to be honest because. There wasn't really much that I would go back to watch on that, no. per se. Even MJF's um, Joker entrance wasn't a shock to me, which isn't a bad thing. I'm glad he's back. He's entertaining. And especially with the shit show that we got after, he's probably going to be back into one of the main, like, you know, regular storylines that we're going to get. But because I wasn't surprised that he was there, I wouldn't exactly say that that warrants enough to add more points to the rating of the overall show for me. So six and a half. This is a crazy thing. Like, I will never go back and watch All Out, you know. And the funny thing is that I've rewatched The Clash like four times since. And again, yes, I was there. But even when you consider there's no like title changes at The Clash, and here you had like the world title change hands, and it just no one cared, you know. Like I think this is the same old problem with AWs. Too long, uh, the match length, and the legitimacy questioned of the results, and should they even be on the card as well. You know, you kind of, when you're hearing stories of the new contracts has got like kind of pay-per-view appearances, it's no wonder you're seeing the same faces on pay-per-view each, each time. You see, I love Derby and Sting, mm. but it seems always chucked into a tag match, whether it be a six man or not, a couple of weeks before the show. Right. You know, Jericho's always got to have a singles match that goes at least 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's, it seems like, I thought Athena and Ricky... Same it. formula. Yeah, this is the thing, you know. It's even like a ladder or a, a battle royal to get the amount of talent on that you can. Athena and Ricky deserve more than five minutes. Jungle Boy needed the win. I don't know if it was a clash and Tony just lost his fucking mind. But like I said, it's one of the worst, the worst booked AEW shows uh, that there was. Um, so I'm going to give it an eight and a quarter. The match of the night was obviously, like I said, the acclaimed the tag titles. But even that match, we're going to hopefully get a better version of it at the Grand Slam when they hopefully win yeah. the titles. So there's no point going back and watching the pay-per-view. And as for MVP, John Moxley, you know, with all these problems that he's had in the past uh, and whatever, you know, missing time Hello. off, Moxley has done his job and been a pro for AEW since day oh, one. Yeah. And there was no bitching and moaning about losing to Punk. He he took the GTS. It was his first pinfall loss in like three years. And he didn't piss and moan, you know. And when all this shit went down, he showed up. So Moxley is my MVP forever when it comes to AEW. Uh, we asked everybody what they thought of the show. 
And you know an AEW show is bad when 33% of the vote is okay. Because usually it's always awesome. Uh, but that wasn't just a fun either. Because, of course, we had the, uh, <laughs> the media scrum. Uh, this was fucking mental, to be fair. Um, I don't know what Monty or anything else. Was CM Punk first coming out and eating muffins and totally caught Tony Khan and speaking about um, Colt Cabana or Scott Gold- Goldman straight, Goldson straight away into it uh, and basically kind of going after him. And I found it was funny. There's a few quotes about him saying about Colt Cabana sharing a bank out with his mum. Sitting next to the guy who shares a, a bank account with his dad. No, but this is again. <laughs> right. <this> is, <laughs> what? We could go into the detail. CM Punk says having to go at Adam Page, having to go at the Bucks for for mentioning Colt uh, Monty. In your eyes, was this just Punk? As he said, he's old, he's tired, he's sick of dealing with children. Was this just a straw that broke the camel's back? <sighs> Uh, apparently, man, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know what it, why it had to happen when it happened. We've heard all, I've heard all types of rumors of like pre, like it was, it was predetermined by him. A lot of people would say, oh, and not that it was a work, but that he went into the, he, no matter if he won the title, whether he was injured or not, he was going to go off on, on them. And I don't necessarily know why or whatever they said. He like, a lot of people are saying that he, Pick, pick pointed or like he knew exactly the journalist to talk to about Cole Cabana. Like it's just it's all types of details that's coming out that who knows what to believe or what not to believe. I I really have no clue what could have set him off because again, like I keep saying in this thing, he uh, again sitting there with the championship that he just won in his hometown. No, you it still feels like everything was going your way. So why are you so what what the hell are you mad at now, punk? Like, that's what I didn't understand about uh, because he just won the title in his hometown. This supposed to be, you're supposed to be focusing yeah. on that. How the hell did this get on Colton? Why is this on the, on the VPs? Like, what, what's the why point you, of why you really just bring this up when half of this shit happened months and months ago? Like, yes. why, are you really why have you been sitting on this so long? Like, you're 40 yeah. something, you're grown as man. So, yeah. after a while, it gets annoying. Like, what the hell is this? And why does this have to be done? And then, then Tony just sitting there looking like an idiot. Like, I'm, oh like, I, like he just let him like, keep going. And I'm like, yeah, Tony, like, say something. The situation, you idiot. Right. Say something. Why are you just letting him do this? Like, what the, what, like, what is wrong with you? And it's just, it's, it makes no sense from the very beginning, Jay. Well, yeah. I can say this is, you know, Punk said, what did I ever do in this world to deserve an empty-headed fucking dumb fuck like Hangman Adam Page to go out on national television and fucking go into business for himself? What did I do? I didn't do a goddamn thing. It's not Tony Khan's position to make it very fucking clear. Uh, there's people calling themselves EVPs that should have fucking known better. This shit was none of their business. I understand sticking up for your fucking friends. I fucking get it. I stuck up for that guy more than anybody until it was my decision not to. Uh, and then with those comments, again, it was shocking to see it on the media scrum as it was. But I will, I've had thought about fair play to Hangman Adam Page. Like when we heard about the reaction of the yes. people for Page to to not rise to the bait, um, it, I, I thought was a class touch no matter what, you know. Not since either. Hasn't said a no. word. Hasn't acknowledged. You know, I know the legal stuff is coming yeah. out, but 
You know, he's, he's all, he, even when he said the out of line stuff weeks ago, he's been quiet. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like I said, and then it just it, the, the stories of it just went fucking mental because you didn't actually believe what was fact and what was fiction uh, between them because apparently the young bucks and Kenny Omega then got into a altercation with A Still and CM Punk. So CM Punk came into him, apparently swinging punches. Uh, we then heard about A Still trying to bite Kenny Omega. Twenty twenty two wrestling, and we're hearing about that. Uh, apparently, Kenny was trying to save a dog. Nick Jackson got hit in the eye with a chair. It just sounded fucking Shit. mental. Um, and right. We didn't know the punishments coming out for either. I mean, it's Gina. I mean, we've been wrestling fans for a long time. Have you heard of heard anything? Kind of. It felt like a wrestling storyline that like we're going to get Brandon Cutler's version of this soon. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely we all here for Brandon Cutler's version. No, I just yeah, definitely. It it felt like a work. In a way, I was just kind of expecting, you know, more news stories to drop and be like, heads up, this was all work. The, the Young Bucks and Kenny will be back in a couple of weeks from their suspension and they'll be even more angrier than ever that they have their belt taken. I don't know. Like, it just seemed like it was it was it was so juicy that it had to have been a work. So the fact that it's not, I think, is what makes it even more just like jaw dropping. Like, oh, really, this has happened, you know? Well, the thing is, as well, Tony Khan was surprised or or happy about the rate Mike got. Of course, Dynamite would get a good rate because we were going, what the fuck are they going to do now? You know, you're going to ring up and it's just like Moxley <laughs> exactly. fighting it by himself. Everybody else is fucking setting themselves on fire. It's just when you've got the EVPs <laughs> of the company suspended, when you've got the number one guy suspended, right. it makes you think all those stories about CM Punk, Monty, being a miserable fucker, you know, are actually true. Yeah. With the interaction with either be Eddie Kingston or Kevin Owens or whoever it was through that time, just as John Cena said, Punk would never be happy as long as... It, he'll be happy as long as he's the one on top. And I think it was a tweet you sent from what a difference a year can make between coming out and saying, I wish I had these young guys with yeah. me 10 years ago to, I'm sick of these fucking young guys. You know, what did you expect? Yeah, 12 months later. <laughs> it's just, it's hilarious. I wonder if Punk has seen that clip and gone, fuck, I look so fucking <laughs> stupid right now. Do you know what I mean? Cause when you put those two clips together, you actually do look <laughs> at it and think, oh my God, look, look what a, a year has made of you being back in this business and look how bitter you look. The, the thing is, though, is it's a bit like Randy Orton in a way, right? If you were to meet CM Punk, the reputation precedes them. So if they were horrible or, you know, or being an arsehole to you, so like, yeah, I've heard the stories, that's fine. But there's a way of handling the situation. I think Punk there, and again, it's not even right or wrong or whose side you're on, because the thing is, the Young Bucks and Omega shouldn't have been, as in, they shouldn't have been involved in that situation to get there. But obviously mm-hmm. they were wound up. You know, and, it, and like you said, if they make it into a storyline and it's Punk versus Omega next year, it will be money. But people comparing it to like Brett and Sean and saying, well, it's just business. Brett ended up leaving. If anyone realises. Like, right. Look how that ended. He never came back. Actually, <laughs> they like, still I know he, got re- he forced to retire, but he never came back. Yeah. yeah. Like, 
reacting like this still was all for like the audience's entertainment. No, there was real lives and emotions that were involved in that. You know, like people walked away because of it. It's just crazy. So we will go to Dynamite quickly, September 7th, as we see a coked up Tony Khan making a major announcement. He's vacated the AEW World and Trios Championship. Um, the world title will be determined in a tournament because Tony loves tournaments, featuring John Moxley, Hangman on Page, Sammy Griffin, Danielson, and Jericho. And then we see MJF hit the ring. Uh, and I did feel a bit sorry for him, Jeff, as we spoke about. Like, his return should have been big-time news, and I don't think anybody really cared. He did right. um, he did his MGF with what MGF did. You know, come out as a face to begin with, uh, and then basically started slating everybody. Mentioned WWE too many times. I get it, MJF. Bidding war 2024, but we're going to have to wait a year <laughs> and a half. War. We're going to have to wait. The American roller coaster... <laughs> And, you know, talk about the game and Nick Khan. It's great, but it's not going to help. What yeah. was better than that was, again, John Moxley. You know, you talk about kind of the job Roman Reigns is doing in WWE or, you know, wherever it is. And Moxley shooting from the heart as it was. You know, coming out here saying he should have been on vacation, but he wants to be a legend, embarrassed, and everything that the title means. I mean, Jackson, this was Moxley at his best. This is him as a leader basically of AEW here. It really was. This was John Moxley coming out and going, I've had enough of these little bitch fits that have happened backstage that stop focusing on that and actually focus on the shit that actually means real shit to me. Do you know what I mean? Uh, he came out and he took charge in a way where it wasn't really bitching or bad-mouthing about the, the, the people that clearly have created such a, a drama and chaos backstage right now. And it wasn't a dig at the situation itself, but what he was trying to do is actually divert everyone back to what, like, what the product actually is supposed to be about, and and why people love that that product. So, you know, for me, I felt like really motivated hearing John Moxley's speech. I felt it was like really passionate, and I also just want to say, like, a big shout. Like, he would even listen to this, but if he did, a big shout out to John Moxley. I know you were supposed to be going on holiday probably with Renee and your daughter and you actually chose to come back because of a lot of the, the drama happening right now. So thank you from us, the fans, for actually kind of putting like our, our selfish needs at having at needing to have some sort of leading man in this situation come forward. Um, and thank you for putting your life on hold for us because uh, that was quite a selfless thing to do. Yeah, and another great bit of booking that Tony Khan actually did do on Dynamite. For the AW Trios Championship, Death Triangle beat Best Friends with Lawrence Cassidy. And just like that, is a double champ, you know? And this is it. He, Pac and Omega, when they first, AW started coming around, you get all these other influx of WWE guys. And it's Pac, who's still one of the best fucking out there. And now he's finally a doubles champion. Gee, this can only be a good thing, because we know how good Pac is. And we know Death Triangle, it seems... It's like in Tony's mind, it's it's young bucks, and when it's not the bucks, it is um, Death Triangle or the Lucha Bros. Yeah, definitely agree. I mean, again, I'm slightly gutted because I have a feeling if House of Black were um, still sort of a, a team at this point without the news of Malachi going, it could have even possibly have gone to them um, during this because it was an unexpected strip of the of the titles, but the best team won we would have all wanted to see it on them i do love the best friends but 
you know, Death Triangle are just amazing. They really are. And you know I'm biased because I am a massive fan of Cat, but it's so well-deserved for him to get that double double champ status. And I'm I'm super proud. I think I think he totally deserves it, and I think he'll wear that, and he'll make he'll bring stories, and he'll bring that entertainment and that wrestling for us. Um, so they were the best team to go with, and I was really pleased with the outcome, and it was a great match too. I really enjoyed watching it. Yeah, really, really good stuff. We saw the AEW Interim Women's World Championship Eliminator match. That's nice and easy to say. Tony Storm beating Penelope Ford. I will say in an awful matchup. We talk about Scarlet Bordeaux or not the clash. I've seen Penelope before just as that. The DDT was horseshit towards the end. Have more matches, put them on TV more, and it will stop looking like divas and start actually looking like a women's division. Uh, the acclaimed entered the arena to a fud reservation, only to be interrupted by Swerve. There was no way Tony was going to let the acclaim rap. Not this week. There was no But Swerve as a heel is top level. You saw it there. Uh, Tony Nese is not top level as he got beaten by Wardlow. It's not many matches. I go, poor Wardlow, poor Tony Nese, but you're going to get it here. And then Brian Danielson versus Hangman Adam Page battled in a high-state singles match with winner facing Chris Jericho. Danielson got the win. But Jackson, how weird was it the crowd weren't sure how to treat Hangman Adam Page after being like a hero for three yeah. years? And the crowd mm. just like, do we boo him? Is it his fault Punk's not here? Yeah. In it, like it, it, it was just a weird one. Like I really couldn't understand why there was any form of booze coming towards either side. To be honest, this should have been a straight up, just you know, both being cheered and enjoying like a decent wrestling. Like both men were were like put on a great match, and I I really enjoyed this match myself. Um, I did. I got an, a bit annoyed at hearing the booze because I also was like, where where are these booze coming from? Is this coming from a, you know? like sort of real life situation, CM Punk, you blaming him situation, or is this coming from you want Dan, uh, Brian Danielson to win? Like it was, it was a really strange one, I must admit. And it is because of a lot of the drama that is up in the air at the moment. Um, but I didn't, did I feel like he, uh, Hangman deserved those booze? No, I don't. No, it's, it's going to be weird as well if when the Bucks and Omega come back, kind of reaction they get. Punk is injured now no matter what. So it's going to be nine months. Until Tony has to deal with this, which are probably good for him. <laughs> he can just get himself ready for when he has to worry about it. And in the main event, hometown hero Daniel Garcia challenged and defeated Ring of Honor Pure Champion Willie Utah in the main event, winning by submission. They adhered to the Code of Honor with Brian Danielson appearing and strapped the title around the new champion's waist. So it looks like Garcia um, is in a battle between Brian and Jericho. Page September 9th, Sammy Cabrera beat Darby Allen to go on to face John Moxley in the semi finals. Dee beat Mazarin in the quick match. Uh, Tony, just get Ring of Honor a fucking show, all right? And then Claudio beat Dax with a Ring of Honor title on the line. But Monte, actually, that was quite a good one. So, you know, I bitch your mind about Ring of Honor. I didn't mind Claudio beat Dax, but that's more to do with who they were and not because of Ring of Honor. Yeah, uh, and again, with those two involved, you know, I think they lived up to expectations, probably exceeded them in all honesty. Uh, and they, you can tell with the booking here, maybe someone has listened and tried to put a couple meaningful matches on Rampage on here for a change. So it didn't, Rampage didn't feel like a complete waste of time. Uh, 
I must say, and it was great to see Cesaro. I mean, Cesaro, great, great to see Claudio pick up the victory here, uh, and uh, in this fashion, because we all know what Dax at this point, at this this year, has just been untouchable. So he just continued doing what he's been doing all year. Uh, and also, I want to say this. I know we kind of you kind of went over it, but I want to get this out. They did the exact same finish again in Sammy Guevara's match that they do for Jericho's match using Anna J this time. So I just. I guess that's just going to be a faction-wide finish, you guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we got we to get used to it, but I think Dynamite Rampage, Rampage gave us hope. You know, like I said, I think Tony got caught. We, we've seen yeah. him. I think AEW even made an even bigger mistake, you know, where the influx of WWE talent and then your company is not the alternative. It's just WWE light. Uh, and you've, you've got to use the home. Go- I look at Hangman on page. And I think of AJ Styles in Impact, where he's thinking if they used him in position correctly, and he's just going to go WWE and be a star, and people are like, how did you not know he was this big a star? You know, it's because you're focusing on your CM Punks or your Brian Danielson. And again, I love Danielson, and he's he's losing more than he's winning at the moment, it seems. But again, it's you've got to differentiate between like, your Moxleys and your Danielsons and your Jerichos compared to mm-hmm. whoever else you have got. Um, but i tell you another weird thing as well, just final thoughts of thinking of everything. It's not that often there's a group we do with WWE and AEW show so close. And the positivity coming out of the WWE, even if the main event was shit and I'll never get over it, compared to this AEW show... It's night and day. When you think about where it was, I mean, Jackson, when you think about where WWE was in the eyes of everybody at the start of the year and AEW, I mean, it's completely different positions now. Kind of, yeah. Um, I I can't help but feel, and I said this to uh, Gina before, I can't help but feel like maybe since Triple H has kind of taken control over at WWE, it's felt like a, a slight shift has changed in the way of, like it feels more like AEW are sort of desperate to sort of keep viewers now and WWE are kind of doing what Triple H are saying and actually bringing those viewers back. So it's a bit of a strange one. It feels like a potential war again coming coming on, you know? Mm. It would be interesting to see what happens. Like I said, the talents involved because the ability, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't put past 2022, but, you know, this time next year, we could like maybe Kenny Omega in WWE, you know, like that kind of thing. Uh, would, would yeah, be or even like Bray Wyatt back in WWE, yeah. and just even just having someone like Bray Wyatt return will just kind of do wonders for WWE in the viewership. Yeah, I think that, that like I said, it's really positive with WWE at the moment. With AEW, as long as he doesn't shit the bed, rearranges it, and give us the dynamite that we had a couple of years ago. You know, that kind of exciting show where it wasn't so predictable. Uh, it, it is doable, but like I said, with with what happened here, we will never forget AEW uh, All Out 2022, but we will remember it for all the wrong reasons. You know, we like I said, with Monty winning all three, we're going to forget that. And it's just going to be, remember that one where Punk lost his <laughs> shit and ate muffins? That's what the episode should be called. <laughs> this yeah, yeah. And, 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 and uh, MJF got ignored. That, that, like that. Okay. Yeah. No one even cared. No one no, really cares about, people... about his return. It was yeah, ignored. It's crazy. This is how not to do uh, also... pay-per-view. <laughs> exactly. 
And you mentioned like next time, this time next year, or whatever. I don't necessarily know when the elite has a shot or whatever, but people, it's already rumors that the Young Bucks sent a feeler to WWE. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, first of all, that could be anything. All right, you could just text Cody and tell him what actually happened and say, oh, that was a feeler to WWE. <laughs> like, it's like, it just, that could be anything. So I don't believe it, but I'm just saying, like, people are already planting those seeds for them to leave. And I just can't even really imagine AEW without the entire elite. It's, it's all elite wrestling, right? Mm. Crazy. But anyway. Well, let's, let's say change the name to Half Elite Wrestling <laughs> next year. <laughs> because the Bucks and Cody are kind of burning up in WWE. But no I'm one sure, but Hangman. I'm sure and Brandon, I guess. Talents, you know, like Omos might be available for WWE, uh, for AEW, you know, like. So, oh, so, no. So, Commander Aziz. Yeah. You know, the doors uh, yeah. open. Okay. Uh, Last But it has been, like I said, as we, as we finish now, I think that is it. Uh, unless anybody has got anything else to say about the whole thing. It's just, AEW is such a oh, weird yeah. situation. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like, I don't know what to expect going forward at this point. Um, I'm not, like, saying that I, I'm not enjoying the content because I think that, like, again, the level of stardom and wrestling talent that AEW have is good it's just right now I feel like every storyline is coming apart a little bit and and they need to just kind of take a step back right now take a breath and just kind of start looking at the situation and and fix some of these what I feel are broken storylines that really are just kind of making no sense right now Mm. Gina anything else to add No, nothing from me. I mean, like you guys just explained, I think like they've got enough talent that they can still kind of push on and move on from this. It's just a shame that so many of these big stars did this because it's just going to take up a lot of focus and it's going to distract from some of the actual good stuff that's happening in wrestling at the moment. So, um, or in AEW at the moment. So it's just sad that it's come to this. And I hope that like we we as fans can just try and move on from what's happened and just go with what they're going to chuck us next and hopefully they can like see it through in a decent storyline as well yeah i think that and i think a word of warning to tony he talked about being jim crockett promotions but with more money well jim crockett promotions got bought by turner broadcasting in the end so you maybe don't want that tony and as for if you compare it to wsw it might just be like the end of starcade 98 goldberg's just lost his streak kevin nash is one People aren't sure what's going on, but just don't give us a finger poke of doom, Tony. That's all we're asking. Right. Uh, there yeah. you go. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that is it. Don't forget, across all social media, Twitter at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNR JR. You can find the entire WNR team on the Twitter banner. Monty, where can people listen to your magnificent show? Yes, anywhere you listen to podcasts, type in Mind of Monty. You can go on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Mind of Monty. You can go at Mind Monty Pod, click the link in my bio. You'll check my latest episode where I kind of go more in detail into all of the rumors that we're hearing coming out of a fall, uh, the, the fallout from All Out. And uh, I, I gave a little bit more details about how I felt about Worlds Collide. Didn't, didn't spoil too much, but I definitely want to talk about it. Just go give it a listen uh, and click the link in my bio. Without a doubt. Uh, Jackson, where can people find you? Uh, I'm across both um, Twitter and Instagram at Jaxie Scarlet. And Gina? 
Yeah, you can find me at Purple Pain. Perfect. Uh, Dublin are also on Facebook and Instagram. Across all good platforms, send us an email at dubliner.podcast.gmail.com, YouTube, uh, where we've got a copyright claim up there at the moment for Roman Reigns' entrance, but it's only because it's had a couple of thousand views. Again, that's the first for Reigns at this moment in time, so go and click it uh, before it disappears because they're bastards. Uh, also, <laughs> SoundCloud on your phone where you can listen to us, and Spotify and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. And like you said, Monty. Our next episode is Wells Collide next weekend. I've got to catch up with Wells Collide and NXT. And also, I have not watched the last episode of NXT UK yet because I'm not okay. emotionally ready. Not that really? <laughs> not, I don't want to say goodbye. I'm not it. ready to go. All right? I'm not, I don't want it. So I'm just going to wait <laughs> to see what happens. But don't worry, everybody listening, going where are Jackson and Gina because they will be back before the end of the month with an AEW prelude with me, and we might look at Raw and SmackDown there as well. But that is it. Like I said, I've been joined by the fantastic Jaxi Scarlett. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. It's been fun, as always, and I look forward to the next one. Uh, also, The Mind, which is Monty again. Cheers, buddy. And we've got NXT coming up. I see you. Can't wait for the show. Always fun to do this, guy. And of course, who can forget? Oh, Gina. Hey, Gina. It is genius, Gina. Thank you for joining us. As long as you never expect me to sing for you, James, that's great. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, yeah. Um, yeah, you, you're never going to sing for me. No, that's fine. I mean, that's cool. I mean, we were going to do a group sing along next week, but no, no, let's not now. Let's cancel that. Um, right, can, scoop. can we cancel that piano? Right, good. Well, that is it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for everyone for listening. Like I said, I've been James Rowlands, and I'll catch you next week. Bye. 